welcome to Orange. Just a new Browns podcast. We found out this week that kidney stones hit harder than Miles Garrett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It is the Orange is the New Browns podcast. I'm KT. Alongside, as always, still trying to pass that kidney stone, Brian. Yeah, they're about to make a movie of my kidney stone birth. Uh, it's going to be like Junior 2, but this time I'm not passing a baby like Arnold did. I'm just passing a kidney stone, and it's it's painful. It's pretty painful. It's painful, I mean, man. It's like getting kicked in the junk six times. I mean, definitely. I mean, because yeah. I felt it the next day, just being up at the hospital for that amount of time. Yeah, this is not about you. This is about me, KT. Oh, yeah, it's that's right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so. I was pretty tired. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> your kidney stone wore me out just as much as it probably wore you out because I was sitting there and I was standing there in the in your emergency room, and I was yeah. like, man, he's in pain. It's a lot of pain. It was kind of so. funny, though, I mean, because I got to make fun of com- or make fun of you pretty much, and you was, didn't have nothing, out, to, you didn't have nothing out, to say man. back, so, so it was yeah, nice. It was too much pain. <laughs> Only time I'm going to be quiet if, I, if I'm hurting. So. I mean, you know, the good news is is we're, right now we are currently watching the Browns preseason game. It's the third quarter of the preseason game. And we're up 21-7. It looks like we have seven minutes and 42 seconds left in the third quarter. Yep. And, you know, it's probably really painful to, painful what the Colts fans are going through right now, like your kidney stone was for you. I mean, may it, this kidney stone's pretty difficult, man. <laughs> so no matter what feelings they're having towards this game or to the uh, potential injury of Andrew Luck, I couldn't care less. My kidney stone hurts worse than what they're feeling. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's get right into it. We got a lot to cover today. We also have uh, an, an interview done with yeah. none other than Bree. Bree from, from Cleveland Reflog, the Big Play Reflog show. Amazing interview. It was a lot of fun. We learned a lot of facts, and uh, she dropped some surprises on her article she just dropped yesterday. Oh, nice. Uh, I haven't read it yet, obviously. I'm still trying to catch up from sleep with yeah. uh you know, obviously your kidney stone issues. Yeah, I appreciate you're, so. still, you're still taking it on you. So <laughs> so let's talk about a little things that's happened. Uh, not much too crazy news of the Browns, but I really want to start off by, let's talk about Stephen A. Smith, okay? I know. Stay I, you know, off I the weed. Exactly. So. But why don't you stay off the Colin Coward show? Because that's what it feels like right now. Like really he does, is, yeah. He is anti-Cleveland Browns. To the fullest, which is, it's un it's unusual. It's very odd, you know. This is a guy that should be excited, you know, that the Browns are going yeah. in the right direction, and he knows that they're going in the right direction. He said it many times. The the Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, uh, pickup was a smart yep. move by him, uh, and but I mean, he keeps he blasted Max, which he blasts Max on a um, every minute of yeah every show that they're Kellerman knows a, 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 a staunch defender of uh, the Cleveland Browns, so. I usually don't like that guy, but he's uh, he's on the right side right now. Yeah, so we'll just unlike my kidney stone. Yeah, so. I mean, it, I mean, Stephen A. Smith is trying to treat the Browns like your kidney stones try to treat you. Yeah, that's basically what's happening. It's there, I so. mean, it's rough. It's rough. It is rough. I mean, real rough. I yeah. Mean. So, anyways, with Stephen A. Smith's issues about Cleveland, let's let's put it to the fans. The fans four hours ago on uh, Yard Barkers. Put ninety eight percent of the Browns fans are confident in their team and nationally, too. Then it says fans see Baltimore not repeating their journey from last year. Yeah, what do you think about that? I agree with that sentiment. So I totally agree with it because it's, it's, it's the so smart. So if anybody disagreed with that, 
then you're worse than a uh, jagged rock going through somebody's pee hole. <laughs> so uh, and that's I'm, how bad you are. That's pretty. That's pretty painful. Yeah. Yeah. So along with that, what do you think about today's game? Our first half, we had some mostly twos out there. I would say there were some ones, mostly twos. Our offense woke up after about three drives with Garrett Gilbert. He's a he's pretty precise with the ball. Six four, strong arm, gets the ball accurate into places where you know hard to do for a third string quarterback, especially one that just came out of the AAF. Uh, and our defense is just it's just so good. They're they're playing smart. They're playing. Uh, I, what's the word I'm looking for? They're playing smart and they're playing. Um, hard nose, hard nose defense, but they're. But I was saying playing smart. They're playing mostly penalty free. Yeah. So they're not playing idiots out there. We're not seeing like the Browns make all these big plays and then give up a huge penalty. It's it's a good it's good to see these backups go out there and get some experience, especially against a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett and this Walker kid from the Colts because they move around a lot. So I think our team's looking pretty great, man. Yep, I agree. Some Browns news. Uh, former Brown. That wore orange and brown, Who's which that? was a uh, good old Josh McCown. Oh, Josh McCown. Josh McCown out of retirement. Out of retirement again, again right. and now he is going to Philly because they have nothing but injuries. Now, fun note: are you, do you are you ready for this? Yeah, let me hear it. The fun note is the person that he is replacing is a guy named Cody Kessler. Oh, Kessler got a <laughs> concussion. Yeah, so who would have thought? So here we go, talking about. Some I think Kessler replaced McCown with a concussion one time. So. Uh, that is true, and. uh and he, I think he played pretty much for the rest of the season because of it. Full circle. So here, don't go helicoptering, McCown. Yeah, don't go helicoptering. I mean, that's that's not a good idea at his age. No, no, no. Yeah. But that's some old, you know, that's some old brownie news right there. I mean, Josh I McCown, it, yeah, coming back, coming so. back for one season for five point something million dollars. If he plays, what he plays, it's it's guaranteed too. Right. So one million of that's going to his family because his family negotiated that. Oh wow! Yeah, they're like, if you're going to get out of retirement, you're going to pay us. So, <laughs> so they they paid him right down the way, right down it. Very very interesting thing going backwards. I know that we're kind of all over the place because you know we don't care. Not today. Not today. All we, all we care about is watching football and enjoying our Browns win. Exactly. I mean, so uh, it's a, there's some interesting things that have been brought to our attentions, mainly like the practices against Colts. Yeah. They said that it was just not even fair all week. All week along, the how, Browns dominated the practice. How that defense just killed so. that offense. And then you had Colts reporter complaining. Colts reporters were complaining about the uh, tenacity of Cleveland Browns because Freddie Kitchens was saying we're going to play hard all the time. And then they're like, "Oh, you're just going to cause fights?" No, he's saying you're going to you're going to play tough nosed all the time. People are going to back down. You're not going to be the one that backs down. We're not talking about fighting. We're talking about staying aggressive. Colts are just very upset that we're a, a much better team than they are. That is true. And uh, Andrew Luck's wife's upset a little bit, too, because he has a small bone issue. <laughs> yeah, you need to tell us, uh, kind of update everybody what that meant. So, yeah, apparently he had a calf injury that turned into a high ankle sprain that uh, is now considered a small bone injury. And so, T's and P's to his wife if he has a small bone injury. <laughs> so, I'm not even going to answer on that one. <laughs> so, uh, it's funny stuff right there, man. What would you think of uh, Kareem Hunt's uh, debut today? He had a few good moves, uh, bounced off a few uh, tacklers. Um, he only got like two drives in, so it was good to see. He didn't get the 15 to 20 plays that they said he was going to get. So uh, I'd like to see more out of him before the season. But at the same point in time, conserve him because you don't want him getting hurt. That is true. So what do you think about Dearness Johnson's 
Dearness out in space, he's he's bouncing off of tacklers. Uh, he's not so much a good special teams player. He catches the ball. He's not gonna, he's not elusive by any means. But you get him out in space, and he can make that move and make those cuts and pick up ten to fifteen yards every every run if he gets a hole. So pretty much a fan of the guy. So if he continues to do this, then he could be the third string, but running back before uh, Kareem gets cut back in the week eight. That's so, true. And, and I, then I, move him to the practice squad. Do you think he can overtake Hilliard? No. So Hilliard didn't get any snaps today, apparently. So I'd like to see Hilliard more involved in the offense because you, you put him in space, he's elusive, he's fast, and he has those cuts that a, a veteran should have. And so uh, I think he's a better running back than Johnson. Same point in time, I just think Johnson needs the reps, both, but I think both of them needs the reps to keep uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh, healthy. Yep, so that is true. Healthy is the, uh, the key word of the day. So that's pretty much what I've got on Brown's news. Yeah. You know, uh, our tribe talk is one and a half games back. We are one and a half games back. We uh we should be better than this. I don't know what's going on. It's it's just one of those little lulls in the uh, the schedule. Boston, we should have won all three games. We only won one so far right now in the four games, uh game uh, four game schedule with the Yanks. We're one and two, so need to split tomorrow's game. We have to win tomorrow's game to split the uh to actually split the series. That first game though coming out of the, the box against the Yankees, nineteen to five. I mean, seven runs in the first inning. You hit a grand slam by uh, Jose Ramirez. I I feel like the uh, the Indians' offense can wake up and should wake up like that, but they I think they think too much. But if we can get the the onslaught of offense doing that again, then our starters and our our relievers won't have to worry about giving up runs because we have twelve to fourteen to fifteen nineteen runs on the board. So let's go with that. That's true, and the two games they lost against the Yankees was by one run. One run. One run. But after the game, did you see this? The Aaron Boone, manager of the Yankees, no, nah. said the MLB should have a mercy rule after he got beat from nineteen to five. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. So directly after we beat them, he wants a mercy rule, which is kind of funny because the two largest wins in Yankee Stadium for an opponent are both Cleveland Indian wins. So wow. there's that. Yeah, there is that. So that's all really. I mean, uh, other than Puig. I mean, he oh, he's he's coming I alive. Mean, he he served his suspension against the Red Sox, and now he's he's coming alive. And then he just, I mean, he smashed that that home run. Smashed the home run. It was a line drive to right field, and then he threw that guy out at home. Yeah, oh my, which one hopper to the catcher. And yeah, then he don't missed, run him, And then he missed the next one. The, yeah, I mean, it should have been an easy catch for him and throw, but it happens. Yeah, but we just need to be more consistent with our uh, our offense. Definitely, our it looks like our pitching. Our you know, pitching needs to wake up again because they they're, they're having some issues. So. Well, they need to bring bring down. We don't need to be allowing five to eight runs. You know, no during the games. Exactly, especially in the first uh, early innings. If you're giving up three to five runs in the first four innings, it's not good to play from behind. Uh, and we don't need to be playing from behind. Exactly. So if we play from ahead, we have more confidence. Um, what I would say in regards to the pitching staff is that we have Kluber who threw over 70 pitches yep. the other day against the AAA. Uh-huh. Uh, Carrasco came in and threw 40 pitches against the minors, and they're even talking about him coming back in potentially a setup or a closer role at the end of the season since our setup guy, Kimber, and our closer hand haven't been doing too swell. Yeah, they, they haven't been, you know, I guess they haven't been doing their job. At Simple all. as that. And it'll be nice to have kind of Carrasco kind of easily get it back in there. You never yeah. know. I mean, he might just outshine. he might surprise. Yeah. So I mean, he from what he looked like in his uh, the, what the videos they showed out for him. I understand they're doing this for his health too because he needs that type of motivation to come back to say, "Hey, I can still do this." 
but he is looking good. Yeah. He's he's pitching strong, and then Kluber also having some strong pitches, throwing it up in the the nineties again, ninety four, and he seems to be getting his uh, his balls back where he can actually get the you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. slider hit in the split ball. I mean he's getting his pitchers back, his pitches back that you know that drop and hook and everything like that. So we may have another dominant pitching performance going into the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what happens. So I'm glad the injuries came early and not later. Yeah, so that is true. 2016. So, yeah. Also, stay away from drones. S- stay away from drones. I mean, that's number one. Yeah, and that's our tribe talk. Okay? That's it. I know it's pretty short. We're like we're because we want you because we got a, su- a special surprise. Do we? Do we? We do all. We, we do, do have a good and surprise. But, but before we get to that special surprise, let's talk about the Cavs off season. Oh, it is going. Are you ready? Right Are you now, ready? Man. Are you ready for oh this? Oh my God! Tell me who we signed. That's it. I mean, that's the Cavs. Literally, that's the Cavs. Yeah. I mean, did you hear that dead air? Because yeah. that is exactly what is going on in Cavs news. At least they didn't sign Boogie Cousins and he tears ACL before the season. That is true. So. I mean, oh well. Sorry, LeBron. Yeah. T's and P's to Boogie Cousins' body because I don't think he's playing anymore. You don't think so? With Achilles. Oh, oh Achilles. Groin and now a knee. Yeah. Like he's done. No. So. Well, that was our Cavs news. I mean, it's it was super fascinating. That's gonna week. that's gonna go viral right there. I mean, it's I'm so <laughs> everybody is you know uh, we we do talk a little Cavs news uh, uh, with our little surprise. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know? So, on that note, I think we should get that started. Yeah. We had an interview which was a t- <laughs> wasn't my best day as an interviewer. So y'all don't hold it against me. And uh, this is thankfully this is just twelve hours after I got out of the hospital. And, and Brian was on point. In pain, probably on hydrocodone. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. whatever, yeah, codeine, whatever so, legal opiate yeah. they gave him, and uh, it would pass the NFL drug test. I mean, he he was unlike on point. Josh Gordon. I was like, maybe I needed, maybe I needed the painkillers. I don't know. Yeah, because obviously, uh, I was way off my game on this interview, but we're ready. I think we're ready. Yeah, are we ready? We're ready, man. We're ready. All right, let's, let's hit get, it. Let's uh, let's get this thing started. So. Enjoy the interview. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice Jesus messaging Christ. system. And that was our interview. I mean, it was amazing. Was that was that not one of the best interviews we've ever had? I'm gonna be honest with you. That's that's <laughs> not the full interview, man. That's not the full interview. So no, but we we had a kind of we had some difficulties had some on difficulties. both sides. It was so. like it was like trying to sync up, you know, your Apple Watch and your Apple phone for the first time, and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Why is this not working correctly? Yeah. But now. Let's get to the interview. Well, let's get the interview, man. It's going to be good. All right, everybody. We have Easy Beasy, Lemon Squeezy, Breezy from the Big Play Sports Run right now. Bree, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I like that. I'm doing great. How about yourself? We are doing great. We, we thank you so much for uh, coming on and being a guest on our podcast. Uh, we greatly listening, like love listening to you guys at Big Play. Uh, and so we're privileged to have you on tonight. 
appreciate that. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get started. It sounds like we got a lot of Browns news to talk about, and let's get a let's get let's get to know you a little bit, Bree. So, kind of give us a little background on uh, how you ended up doing what you're doing now. Uh, well, I feel like my friendship with Mr. McNeil, or at Reeslog as most others know him by, kind of got me this this great opportunity to talk about the sports that I love, and mainly the Cleveland sports. So I joined uh, one of his podcasts a, a couple, of, I think, a couple of years ago, and had a great time. He asked me to join the show that we were doing at the time, which originally was the McNeil Show. Joined full time. I jumped at the opportunity to talk about my beloved Cleveland teams, and it's just kind of catapulted into something way bigger with the big play uh, people. And I'm super happy to do that because I can't get enough of it. And I actually enjoy listening to other people chat about the Browns too. So I love to provide that same type of happiness that that I get from it. That's awesome. Well, we totally agree with you on that. Uh, we were sitting sitting uh, on a, like a Sunday afternoon and uh, Brian had contacted us and was like, Hey, why don't, why don't, why don't you be on my pod, my podcast show? And I was like, why don't we just have our own podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because you know, we're from Texas. We don't, we don't, we don't have a very many Browns fans to talk to other than, you know, the, the backers that, that are around, you know, the San Antonio and Dallas area and Austin yeah. area and the bigger cities. Uh, all we have is Texas Tech fans here. Obviously, we're our beloved Baker Mayfield started his college career. Uh, so, you know, we we kind of decided to do it on our own. Yeah, and that's what that's that's our backstory. So to clarify it, we're <laughs> not we're not bandwagon fans. We've that's been for sure. we've been raised okay. we've been raised Cleveland fans our whole life. Our dad was born and raised in Cleveland, so okay. he, uh, he moved out to West Texas back in the seventies and. We were born in the 80s, and we've been uh, Browns fans and Indians fans and the occasional Cavs fan uh, ever since. So um, when I say occasional, it's when LeBron's on the team because it's exciting. If not, it's <laughs> you get to root for Fat Sean Kemp. So that's basically what, what we've What are you got, talking so. about? I mean, Craig Elo was, was, yeah, he was good. He was fun, Mark he was Price, fun to watch. So. But, that's right. so. well, I appreciate the clarification because, as you know now, there are, there are plenty of bandwagon fans jumping on board. So exactly. you have to clarify your fandom. You got to. So I uh, I bought one of those shirts because you brought the squad goals from, uh, I can't pronounce, Belicia yes. Styles. You bought the Love squad it. goals. I got Let's Get Baked, and then I also got the shirt that says I like the Browns before they were cool. So I had to clarify. Exactly. I want to clarify everybody that I've been a Browns fan my whole life. So you might like OBJ and Baker, but I've been stuck through the Brian Hoyer and Deshaun Kaiser days. So – Let's do this. Well, I love that you guys are repping the Texas area, too, because, as you know, that was part of the other reason we got into this little niche of starting a podcast and talking about Cleveland sports. You guys have probably figured out the Cleveland media isn't exactly beloved over here. No, no. Tony Grossi uh, and Mary Kay are not very liked. For, I've already been blocked by both. Yeah. Of them, so, so. You're blocked by both. Well, yeah, that's so. an accomplishment. Wow. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know we were blocked. Yeah, we're blocked. So. <laughs> Exactly. It's fun. So we're uh, we're going to talk about our beloved Browns now. So it's exciting. This is probably the most exciting preseason that I've ever had, ever had as a Browns fan. So what I want to talk to you about is position battles that you're looking at right now that you feel are a surprise in camp. Yeah. So I feel like the obvious ones are the right guard, the right guard spot, which it feels like that's getting maybe a little bit more firmed up with uh, Eric Cush and Austin Corbett looks to maybe be the second guy in line. Uh, the other interesting one that we need to all keep our eye on because it's the place that we've always struggled with is the kicker, yeah. uh, which 
it's still frustrating knowing that that was a place last year that lost us quite a few games. We were pretty unstable. I mean, Greg Joseph did a great job, I think, coming into that. But at this point in time, I don't think Austin Seibert or Greg Johnson really is making me comfortable yeah. uh, in either one of them. So I think hopefully that's something that gets steered away. And then I think the other piece that's interesting just with our rookies just really showing out with Mac Wilson um, and his preseason game and performance with the two interceptions. It'll be interesting to see if he earns himself a starting gig and what that looks like. Um, and then the other guy that I'm rooting hardcore for is my guy, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe, which oh, yeah. he's the underdog story, but I saw him on day two of training camp and he really caught my attention and my eye just by he, he was catching every pass. He was working really hard. He stayed after the practice was over and was continued to work on his craft. And I just love having guys like that in the locker room that are clearly going to outwork anyone next to them. And with Antonio Callaway's four-game suspension, I don't know if that could clear up a spot for him, but he's one guy I'd love to see on the special team side and being that crucial punt returner and just hopefully giving, giving us a spark on that side. Exactly. So the the battle that I've actually enjoyed is the right guard battle because yeah. I, fe- I fell in love with Eric Cush on Hard Knocks when he was on the Rams. The dude had okay. one of the best personalities. Did you watch that HBO series when he was with the Rams? I did not watch the Rams one, no. So, yeah, so I watch, I watch all the Hard Knocks. It's, it's, it's interesting to, you know, to, to see this. And we got a lot of people that fell in love with Cleveland just because of last year. But Eric Cush yeah. had one of the biggest personalities. All he wears is tank tops. That's all he wears. <laughs> and so his personality, he, he, he gets custom tank tops every time for his teams, and that's all he wears. And so seeing him on our team, I'm so excited that he's actually part of that group. But kicking is my fear. Yeah. Greg Joseph missing we that extra point. In the same spot. Yeah. Zane Gonzalez put a hugely bad taste in my mouth. And then the, the, the nightmare of Cody Parkey always pops in my head every, every now and then too. So, well, I mean, oh. we, let's, let's put it this way. We, we signed good old Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson yeah. back to a, on a retirement list. So I think that's the backup plan. Did you, did you see that that we actually <laughs> instead of doing a one day contract, he was signed as a player at the pub list in the for retired that they actually signed him to a yeah. contract. So John Dorsey. I mean, I think they were holding out hope. So I think, and he even said in his press his press conference, he has a few games left in him. So I think there might be that's something great. there. So that's we might need him. Yeah, I mean that's that's my position on the kicker. I think I think Greg Joseph is going to be fine. Uh, I think Austin. I, I couldn't believe they wasted a draft pick on on the kicker from Oklahoma. I don't know. I just I'm not impressed with top tier kickers. It's never really a top tier kicker that yeah. turns out to be an Adam Vinatieri or or a Phil Dawson or anybody that's that's had a, a really good career as a kicker in the NFL. So that. I'm not really interested in the kicker battle because we just had so many bad ones since Phil. Yeah. But you are right. I think I think Eric Cush is going to be our number one right guard. Right guard this year and and he looked great in the game. I mean, he it looks like it looks like we filled it filled that spot and we're not going to have to worry about it. So the one one thing I want to talk about you about to, as well as the center is that Austin's backing up JC now. And I've read reports that Austin's looking to be the replacement center for when we don't sign JC. Do you think that's a smart move for us to let JC go and depend on Austin Corbett as the center, or should we keep JC? Because we've seen those centers like Alex Mack leave, and it's le- left a huge right. void. So, 
Yeah, it's interesting because it feels like they might be trying things out just based on in case anyone gets injured over the course of the season, which you obviously never want to see happen. But exactly. I actually like that they're moving guys around because we're adding depth to different positions so that if someone goes down, you, you can slide someone in right pretty easily. Um, so I actually don't hate that. I would hope that they're not doing it essentially looking ahead saying, well, we're not going to sign him, so we need to get him ready for this. I hope that it is a little more strategic than that because I hate to think – uh, so pessimistically about that, but I do like the idea of them just rotating the guys and getting them comfortable in case anything were to happen and having some depth there. And let's be honest, Safer Mayfield gets the ball out pretty quickly. So the concerns about our offensive line right now, I mean, last season, the back half of the season, he, our quarterback, was sacked, I believe, the fewest yep. in the NFL. And nobody talks about that. He went, he went seven games without getting sacked. So, I mean, right. it was... That's that's unheard of, especially from a rookie quarterback. So, because we've seen the Tim Couches he and the, the British ones, so fast. And it, even with his like, you know, because I hate to talk about this horrible quarterback, but Roethlisberger's always had a really good uh, pump fake, always had one. And then yeah. ba- Baker's is just like two hundred times better. Like, I think yeah. Baker's throwing the ball when it's a pump fake, and then it goes in the opposite direction. So, love our quarterback, love our quarterback. But let's talk about your guy, Damian. So, uh, Willie Mays Hayes of our Cleveland Browns, Damian <laughs> Shehigaseppi, I feel like he has a chance to be a wide receiver six, that he can fill that last position just based off his special teams needs. Because we don't have any other guy yeah. on our team that can run a 4-3. Yeah, it's interesting because the wide receiver saw, obviously, we're locked up with Jarvis, OBJ, and Hollywood Higgins, obviously, has had a great showing, so better top three you would think that Antonio Callaway once he comes back is going to take that fourth spot so then you've got two positions or two spots left for that position and Jalen Strong and Derek Williams have both had really strong camps uh and so they've really been the ones that have been talked about it it sliding into that roster spot which puts Damon in a position to not make the team but with Antonio Callaway's suspension that's kind of giving him an in right now to maybe take that sixth position uh, because I don't believe we have to account for Antonio Callaway. So I like the idea of if they give Damon a shot for those first couple of games, use him from a special teams perspective, and we, we could try him out and see what happens. If nothing else, I hope that other teams take notice and snatch him up. I tweeted about this, and I actually hate to say this. It pains me. But I feel like he is the perfect example of someone, someone that's, the Patriots would love to sign. Like, doesn't yeah. that just make you sick? Yeah, I don't. I don't want the Patriots to take another one. I'm tired of that. <laughs> it's 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 to the point oh, where they too. just pick him up. Like, because the do- they they lucked out so much when the Dolphins let go Wells Welker. Like, yep. Like, why? Why? I mean, the guy was versatile, and Bill Belichick's like, yep, he's he's short, he's white, and he's fast. Let's let's sign him real fast. Exactly. Like, and Damian Sheehy, I mean, the dude's athletic, and just seeing his worth ethic is insane because he his he lied his way onto a practice field. And then got a contract, and instead of, you know, kind of failing, like most people thought this person would probably do that in his circumstances, he takes a punt return back for 86 yards. Like, that's a Hollywood story right there. I'd hope the Cleveland Browns would want to keep him on the team. I guarantee you if he does it again, he's done. He's, he's, he's going to be a break. We've, but, I mean, if we could have another history returner, because we've had Eric Metcalf, we've had Josh Cribbs, we need another one that's in there that runs fast, that sees the sees the fields and able just to make that si- that simple cut, and then use the speed to take off. That's all we need. We don't need this like 
let's run left, let's run back, let's run this way. We need the guy that sees the hole, cuts it, and go. So I'm I'm excited to see. Hopefully they'll they'll actually keep him just based off of his his versatility on the the special team side. So the yes, uh, I believe they were they were also working out one last thing. I think they were also working out Antonio Callaway as being a return man as well, which obviously the suspension isn't going to bode well for that yeah. either. And you don't want to stick a Jarvis. Uh, as a punt returner and, and risk getting him injured. They even had reports the other day, the special team guys, that they were working OBJ into the, the punt return team, too. No, so, can and you I not was do like, that? Let's not let, let's, and I, I was like, hey, that's a brilliant idea. Same point in time, let's not do that, guys. Like, let's yeah. keep them safe. So <laughs> let's, let's, exactly. let's let him catch the balls down the field from Baker. Not Let's not get the punt. Please. Yeah. Let's, and, let's not get him hurt in the punting team. But so. the, the cool thing is, is that OBJ is going to be like the second ranked quarterback in the, the AFC North because the other ones are. <laughs> So That's there's right. not really much. Will be in battle for that. It's crazy to think. I was at the Browns game last year against Cincy where Jarvis threw that 70 yard uh, pass to Higgins. And I, I mean, I was like, this is a receiver that threw that ball. Like seriously. And then I see uh, Lamar Jackson throw a pass. And I'm like, this is a wide receiver and that's a running back. That's the difference right there. So <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> but we've, uh, we've been excited because this is the first year. I think, I mean, you could go back to Tim, Tim couch ears and say that we had a kind of had a quarterback back then. But this is the first time that we can say that we know who our quarterback is, and I, I think as Browns fans, it gives us so much like well, I mean, positivity and like things to look forward to. I don't know. I'm, I, I, you know, I've I thought, you know, Holcomb was good. I thought Derek Anderson was going to be a lot better than he did, and then I even fell to the mercy of John Manziel. Uh, oh yeah unfortunately i mean he was a te- he's a texas guy you know i watched his first college game and i was like this guy's gonna be special i bet you cleveland drafts him and then it happened and that was a big disappointment so i i'm just glad that we can honestly say i'm I'm just excited to be not or not to worry of like are we gonna win a game a game it's it's how many games are we actually gonna win that's that feels that to me. I'm more excited about that. I don't know about y'all. Beyond excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, the hype clearly is real, and I think we we have a lot to prove when it comes to actually winning football games. Uh, I think it, we could have a couple of games where we end up disappointed, but I think just knowing that we can go into every single game and actually have a shot at winning is a new feeling for all of us because we haven't been able to do that. In the past few years, it was always, we have no chance to win this game, but now with Baker at the helm, we feel like we can win any game, and I think that's his attitude as well. There's no reason that the Browns should be an underdog going into any game this year. That's so true. Absolutely so true. So I, I remember a couple of years back, um, speaking of how bad our team was, uh, I've, you know, down here we don't we don't get the, the, the games of the Cleveland Browns televised, and so I have the uh, Sunday ticket through DirecTV. And okay. uh, the Browns were so bad because we were 0-16. We were so bad that I actually was able to convince DirecTV to refund my money back <laughs> like because of how bad the team was. But it was the same year that people were complaining about the protest of Cal- Colin Kaepernick and all these other players. Like, well, I don't want to pay. So I was like, is there a chance that I can get it refunded based off just how poor my team's played? And they actually said, yeah, why not? And they gave me my refund. They actually paid me back for my, for my DirecTV. Now I'm excited to pay that $40 a month. And be able to watch that TV and be able to watch the Browns play because it's been insane to think about how good this team's turned around in just a couple of years. Because if you look at our wide receiver depth chart just from two years ago, and Corey Coleman was our number one receiver. Corey Coleman. Yeah, and so it's like 
Uh, I mean, I feel so bad that he tore his ACL, but same point in time, like you dropped that pass against Pittsburgh, which made us winless. Like you, you, oh. you were one of the reasons why you're this. It. You're the guy that made me so mad at that end of the year. But let's let's talk about let's talk about our defense though. Things that are exciting and that everybody's been really quiet about in regards to the national media is just the defensive side. What do you like most about our defense? Oh, what is not to like? And I think that you bring up a very good point. The offense with just the star power that we have with the names alone, the defense is not really getting talked about. And the one thing that I always like to look at is our offense is going up against probably one of the best defensive lines in the league. So the competition that they're facing during training camp and for this month is probably going to be the hardest that they're going to face. So I think it's incredible to think about our team on both sides of the ball is really strong. And Baker Mayfield probably isn't going to go up against a defensive line like ours. So when you have Miles Garrett chasing after you every single play, Baker Mayfield is getting better. Our O-line is getting better. So hopefully when they take the field against the other teams, it ends up being a piece of cake based on who they're going up against every single day. And Miles Garrett, my goodness, how good is he? Oh, my God. He, during that preseason game, he literally is about three steps ahead of everyone else. And I cannot wait to watch him dominate this year. I hope that he gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to guys holding him because I think that's something last year that we were frustrated by. Yeah, He wasn't getting the calls. And I hope that gets corrected and changed this year uh, because I think he he has the ability to be defensive player of the year. I think he's that good. What bothered me the most about last year, and especially with the, the lack of holding pitfalls against him, I think it had a lot to do with Greg Williams only allowing him to have two different moves which was the, the run and then the push-off. And the push-off, you get really close, so you really can't tell if you're being held or not. Now he can swim, he can circle, he can do all, do all the spin moves and anything he wants to do, and he got held, and they called, they called two holding penalties against him on the same play when he was about to sack Case Keenum. So it's kind of, you know, seeing how strong that defensive is and how you talked about the, the defensive front, I think allowing him to be free is going to be able to have him – display hey these guys are gonna hold me because i'm way too fast like it's gonna be that situation so i I didn't think steve Steve wilkes was gonna convert this defense the way he converted it but seeing how they played in preseason i've never seen our defense that prepared in preseason ever yeah i think it goes to freddie kitchens just running his practices in a way that he wants to see them actually play in a game and he isn't letting them get away with things and i love that because i think when we watched hard knocks last year we didn't feel warm and fuzzy about Hugh Jackson, the way that he was running or maybe not running his practices, but it feels like the coaches are all on the same page. Uh, Freddie has really deemed himself a leader of of this team. It seems like the players are open to what their coaches feedback is. It also feels like the coaches are open to what the players feedback is. And I feel like that's very empowering when you have a say in what you're doing. And miles was pretty open about feeling like, he wasn't given the opportunity to be his full potential last year with that coaching regime. And I think now when you have a system that's allowing you to really do different things and be better, that's only going to benefit us. And the addition of the talent surrounding Miles Garrett, man, I feel really bad for every other quarterback that is playing against him. Exactly. 
I don't feel bad for Pittsburgh. No, I don't feel bad about the <laughs> AFC North quarterbacks. Oh, man, not I ever. can't wait. I, that's the that's the two games I can't wait for. Nope. I work. I work with a bunch of Steelers fans, and uh, I wore my Odell Beckham socks last Thursday. <laughs> that went over well. So. To, yeah, to piss everyone off. And I've already heard all about, oh, the Browns. The Browns are so hyped. You guys aren't going to win a game. And same old Browns. So, man. I can't wait for those games. We better win, or I might have to call in sick that day. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be. I think what you need to do is walk into work, bring the terrible towel with you, and whatever is dirty or you know, if you spill something, just keep cleaning everything with that terrible towel. <laughs> because <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And then, and and if you're and if you're really good, then you set it up where you're recording the whole thing. And post it all, all right. over Terrible towel. <laughs> that. It is a terrible towel too. It's, might, it's awful. I might so. even I might even buy one just so, to do that. There you just go. Just, go random, clean, just, just randomly. I'm going to randomly stuff. clean things here in Texas That's with crazy. a terrible towel. So let's <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about defense and love Mac Wilson, love him like fifth round pick. You don't get that type of town out of the fifth round. But the other guy that KT and I love to death. And we, we don't call him by his whole name. We call him the Taki Taki Sauce because he is just hot. Yeah. The dude is on fire. So what are your thoughts on Siona's Taki Taki, a.k.a. the Taki Taki Sauce? <laughs> Taki Taki Sauce. Yeah, I like him. I think the energy that he brings, he, he's aggressive on the field. He's, he's not afraid. Um, I think him and Mac Wilson together kind of feed off of each other a little bit. Uh, I think he adds some competition to that room. Um, and I think he has – the room to grow and make this team better and be an impact on the defensive side of the ball. I, I'm hoping, you know, with the loss of Jabril Peppers, and I know that Jabril gets safety, we need some of those guys that uh, can kind of lock down that run game. And I think Jabril was kind of coming into his own at the end of last year. Uh, and it was unfortunate that we had to get rid of him for OBJ, but I'd do that a million times over again. Yep. So I'm hoping that Mac Wilson and Sione uh, Taki Taki kind of bring what your grill was starting to do last year, and we kind of fill that void. And, you know, we've, we've definitely been played with injuries at this position too, so I think getting these younger guys in um, is exciting to have depth there in that position too. So how do you think of him as a leader? Because during the preseason game, he, he led most of the drives for the two through fours. As a as a linebacker, Taki 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 was the one that was setting up the defense and getting going. Do you think he's going to continue that role, even as a rookie, if he gets to a starting position? I think that could be tough. I did hear that uh, the next day in practice, Mac Wilson was actually uh, calling the plays. He was being the Mike linebacker, which I think yeah. is interesting. And I think it's good that they're trying new things. Um, and I believe Mac also played that position at Alabama, so he also is comfortable doing that. But you know, we, we still have a good three weeks left until the home opener, and, and I hope that these rookies get that, that obviously that experience during this moment in time uh, to be able to figure those out before we get into the games that are meaningful. Agreed. It's crazy. It's, it, I'm, I'm just going to be blown away about how good our defense was, even the depth, because we've, we've heard nothing but the Browns don't have enough depth on the defensive line, and then watching that game against the Redskins and seeing our twos, threes, and fours just push through – I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? There's not depth there. Every single guy is playing all out every game. And I was like, this is what you need to do. So that's why Freddie Kitchens and Steve Wilkes has my uh, – I love Freddie Kitchens. I love to hire. But Steve Wilkes, I was like, why didn't we get this guy? And then I was like, okay, I'm watching his defense, and it is amazing. He's super classy. I mean, did y'all see – did y'all read a, or 
read or watch the uh, comments that he made about Duke Johnson. Do it, Freddie. Yeah, I mean, just how classy he is about it. You know, he didn't he didn't take any jabs at him and and told him that he was a professional while he was here. And, and I, yeah, th- what, what coach have you heard say that in a in a long time? It, I haven't heard. I can't no. I can't think of one coach that's gone out in the media and said no, he was a professional and he acted like a professional while he was here. You know, hands. You know, my everything to me with Freddie Kitchen just says classy. Yeah, you know. I feel like because you went to you went to training camp though, didn't you? So you actually got there. Yes. Did you actually even get close to kitchens? I didn't. I mean, <laughs> you could just see you're pretty close, I guess, just in general to, to where the field is. Um, you can't really hear what they're saying or what they're talking about, but even just seeing him walking around, paying attention to every positional group, um, and I don't know if you guys have caught the Building the Brown series on YouTube. Yep. Have you guys yeah. caught up to that? Okay, so – I think when I was watching the episode from Sunday, one of the things that I noticed about it is in the in the middle of the preseason game, I think it was David Njoku who, who was talking about, they were talking about, man, it doesn't even feel like a game. And I think David had responded back and said, well, that's because we've been practicing in pads for nine days straight and this is what we've been doing. And I think that's so telling as to what this coaching staff is doing, meaning that they're prepared to play in this game based on how they're practicing. And it shouldn't feel any different because they should be practicing that way. And I loved how Freddie said, we need to be the most physical team on the field, and that's how we're going to win. And I love that because I just take it back to the Cleveland Cavs against that Warriors team in 2016. If you look at that series again, the Cavs were the more physical and dominant team, and that is what the Warriors couldn't handle. Like That was their one Achilles heel. So I'm hoping the Browns take on this mentality of we're going to be the toughest on the field and we're just going to wear down our our opponent and we're not going to give them a chance to even come close to us. So I think that'll be a big change from last year. Exactly. Straight smash mouth football. It's it's a good thing to have. I, I have a theory about Kitchens that he smells like winning. So <laughs> that's what I have a theory about. So the uh, his aura around the Browns, his personality, his attitude, it's just, it kind of matches the city of Cleveland. Like, he's the perfect coach. You would yes. think these hard-nosed coaches like Mike Pettin would fit in. I hated Pettin. <laughs> hated the guy. <laughs> we saw him coach against the Bengals in December of 2015, and the team was playing like trash, and he showed no emotions. And if I was that coach, I would have, like, four broken head, uh, headsets at that time by how bad they were playing, and he didn't even <laughs> care. I was like, show some passion, man. Like, you look like you're an angry guy. Be an angry guy. Like, there's no point to do that. But with Kitchens, I like how he follows through with everything he says. Like, he backs up what he talks about because at, at the beginning yeah. he says, if you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. And since right. then, it, it, the it whole just, Bob Wiley situation, he didn't wear brown and orange. We talked about this, and I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy just doesn't he, – he doubles down on it. I love – what Kitchens brings to this table, even though I would say our Cleveland media and even the national media is like he's a he's a rookie head coach that he's in over his head with these players, and I'm like, no, I don't think so because of how these players played and how they were interacting on the sidelines. I've never seen that. He literally he literally told the Washington Redskins, "We're going to run a hurry up offense," and they scored in two minutes and thirteen seconds. Yeah, he told them that. Love that. I, I love that. What are we? I, I mean, why are we even talking? I mean, why? They just don't get it. Like the the national media sometimes gets so drawn into the or you know the the everyday usual NFL type of team atmosphere. The coach you know Bill Belichick goes up to the mic. Yes. 
barely says two words. You know, this guy's telling on you. On to Kansas City. Yeah. On, on to Kansas City. That's yeah. what we're, I'm just like, <laughs> stop. Yeah, like, it's bad. You've won six Super Bowls. Just be – I would love to see Bill Belichick be just full of ego. Like, just like, you know, I've won six. Like, do you think I even care? Do like, you, seriously? Do you see how many rings I have? I can't even put it on, you know. It, that th- those are the things that we really enjoy, and that's why I like Freddie Kitchens. And I think that the biggest—that's going to be the biggest surprise uh, to everybody and and that watches the NFL—is how disciplined this team is because of the way his coaching is. Yeah, I I love Freddie Kitchens. I I wanted them to hire him when the whole thing went down. I was a firm believer of him. I didn't care if he didn't have head coaching experience. Who cares? Like. Things don't have to go exactly the way they're supposed to go. Look at Baker Mayfield, our, our quarterback. He was a walk-on. Number Twice. one pick in the overall draft. Like, people can save their career so. in a different way, and I like that. And, and I think he fits the mold of what it means to be from Cleveland and, and to have that mindset. And him and Baker, I think, are a lot alike when it comes to that. They're just both authentically themselves, and they, yep. they allow each other to be themselves. And we don't want anyone that's fake. Um, or who's going to stand up there and say, I need to watch the tape. I mean, I think Hugh Jackson's post-game press conferences, you wanted him to just be like, yeah, I didn't like that, and I'm going to talk about it. it. You didn't want him to be like, oh, I need to go watch the tape. Like, stop feeding us a bunch of BS. Just tell us what it is. I always asked him, like, why didn't you call that timeout? You had 48 seconds and you didn't. <laughs> like what? Hugh Jackson has <laughs> a big problem about timeouts. He, and Freddie Jackson – or uh, Freddie Jackson – Freddie Kitchens, he decides. Freddie Jackson. Freddie Jackson, I don't know where that came he's from. The, he's the sixth I'm really tired. I, know about, so. Little short note. You know, Brian was in the hospital yesterday. I was in the ER. It was so, crazy. Yeah. So, I'm a little. Kidney yes, stones, we're not man. even. I got hit not, by kidney stones. We can't even so. make this stuff up. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. But Oh, my gosh. You guys are troopers. So, like, I, I feel like I'm off my game day. Not a big deal, you know. But it's Freddie I'm all, Kitchens. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew right there's now. Two, so. There's two, there's so. two things that, that – you know, one his the way that he's classy, the way he answers questions, uh, based on with the media. And two, did y'all watch that preseason game where he's like, "Why not?" Throws yeah, a challenge flag. Throwing. It was a catch, but you know, yeah, whatever. I've already explained myself on the last podcast about that. Uh, let's get the referees go ahead and make your mistakes now, because if I have to scream and yell again after like last year when we lost because of the refs, yeah. So, uh. But anyways, yeah. well, but that's that's the thing. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, super classy. Love him. He's the number one. He's a, he's the coach that we wanted. I think we're all in agreement. Yeah, I loved him. I, I think he's going to be amazing. He's been amazing. And how Katie touched on Duke Johnson. Let's talk about Duke. Wait, what was your what's your thought Who? process? Yeah, Who? the gesture of Houston now. Oh, gesture of Houston. So yeah, the 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 Duke Johnson <laughs> drama. So you know, he was the Duke of Cleveland, and he's the gesture of Houston. So, which yeah. I mean, he has to that. he has to fight that title with JJ Watt because I I don't like JJ Watt. Oh, so we're not even gonna get into that. You don't? No, you don't like JJ. I, he's a good guy. I'm gonna give you like I could give you, you I could give you a whole novel full of why you shouldn't like this guy. So <laughs> okay, all right. But, but no, it, it, but he's a, he's a but we're not on talking about JJ Watt. But what was your thoughts on the Duke Johnson dilemma and now the 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 the, the, the final product of it? I think we got a lot of value for Duke Johnson, so I think. You know, John Dorsey did a fabulous job once again in trading a player who didn't actually want to be here and getting something in return for him. I think from a running back standpoint, we obviously have Nick Chubb at the number one. Kareem Hunt, when he comes in, obviously will we'll get a lot of playing time and balance out Nick Chubb. People were talking about the depth concern. 
I mean, the reality is we have so many offensive weapons. We obviously need Nick Chubb to stay healthy, but we do have Dontrell Hilliard uh, that can come play a couple of snaps here or there to give Nick a break. But, I mean, let's let's be real. Our passing offense is probably going to be pretty uh, pretty good this year. Yep. So I'm happy that Duke is in a spot where he is probably going to get more playing time. And, you know, we don't have to deal with that attitude in the locker room. I I think it's frustrating when you hear someone say they, they want to be traded and they want out. And I think with Duke, he was good when we were bad. And I just viewed it as he didn't want to be on this team and competing for a spot or competing for playing time because he never had to do that before. Yeah. So uh, if you don't want to compete, go somewhere else where you don't have to. Like Baker said, if you don't want to be on the train, then get off. Like that's <laughs> as simple yeah. as it is. So I mean, look at the guy. You have guys that want to be here. Yeah, and I I like Hilliard out in space. When Dontrell Hilliard gets the ball out in space, he's hard. He's he's hard to tackle. He's got he's very elusive, and he's got some quick burst of speed. So I think if he can get outside the uh, the tackles or even a a screen pass, he's going to get pick up a first down every time he touches the ball. So yeah, and let's be real, Duke Johnson was really only coming in during third downs last year, and we mainly used him as a passing running back. I think Dontrell could essentially fill right into that spot. And, and, and how nuts, and how nuts is it that John Dorsey was able to fleece the Houston Texans for a fourth, possibly a third-round pick, when the Bears couldn't even get a sixth-round pick or a fifth-round pick for their starting running back? I mean, John Dorsey, how many teams have, like, who hasn't he fleeced is the better question. It's so good. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the best part is, is he fleeced Kansas City, which we got Kareem Hunt from. Yeah. So that was pretty, yeah, pretty awesome. We'll see how that turns out there. So I, I really hope that Kareem Hunt turns it around and stays stays on the right path. I think he so. will. I think yeah. he will. I mean, he has to. I mean, so does Antonio. Antonio needs to, you know, stop smoking yeah. the weed. Get it together. So, yes. Stay like, off the weed. If, even Stephen if it says CBD on it, it is not. It is. It might have THC, bro. Stay you off know, of it. Stay off of it. So apparently the, the, the whole thing was happened from a, a, t- a positive test from last year that he's right. finally being disciplined on. So it's not that he hasn't benefited he himself. Truthful. Yeah, he was truthful about it. And since he was tested positive, he got into the, the program and it has been good since. But this is his four-game suspension from what happened last year. As long so as he's not Josh Gordon, I'm okay. I'm fine with it. Josh Gordon was something else. So we got, we got one other thing for the Browns before we move quickly into the tribe. So Baker's mustache has been a huge, a huge just – growth and i guess people in cleveland and all of the cleveland fans love this guy's mustache so i think the shirt that i saw was preseason mustaches turn into playoff beards love it yeah but we want to give you a chance to do a redemption because we saw your mustache picks and one of them being adam morrison one of them. <laughs> so we were one of we the were, worst mustaches in the game we were a little like what i, I, was, I had to ask brian i was like it Who's Adam Morris? Yeah, he's right. like he's like that guy from Villanova. I was like, who? He was from Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I, said, I was like, I, I have said, no idea. I said, I said, said Gonzaga. He said, so. wait. and I was like, I, I mean, obviously he did. You didn't. Google him and you remember him. He's like, he's the kid that uh, had yeah, long he's, hair he's and a, goofy a dirt one. mustache. Yeah. So I was like, he looks like he just came off the street, or you know. So if you got a chance to <laughs> repick that your your top <laughs> mustache picks, what would you go for? Would you keep it the same, or do you want a redemption? I, I you got. By my Adam Morrison mustache pick, just based on that is one mustache I will never forget 
at during March Madness. Like that mustache stayed with me for what 13, 14 years. Yeah, so his, like, his four-year NBA career. So. <laughs> Did he even make it? Oh yeah. Yeah, he he made it. He played for the Lakers. So who are your other it. top two? Uh, Brian had brought that up, and I was like, uh, I, when he brought that up, I was like, well, are we really going to talk about Baker's mustache? You know, I love Baker's during an mustache. interview. And I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, so oh, who are the I other two? But yeah, let's we'll go for I your other two. Ricky Fowler, he golfer. I forget, yeah. yep. I forget the type of his mustache that he's rocking right now, but there's a name for it. And then I think I picked Andy Reid. Yeah, they got the walrus mustache. Yeah, you can't, go, you can't yeah. go wrong with those two. Yeah, Andy Reid's that guy yeah, that stands so in front of the your donuts. third one. I'm I'm a little I'm still questioning. So but if, if Andy Reid worked in the office, he's that he's that big guy that stands <laughs> in front of the donuts, like moving his fingers, like mm, which one am I going to get today? So yeah, that's Andy Reid. So, but if you could pick. A number one mustache. It, it could be sports. It could be entertainment. It could be anything you want. Who is the guy that has the number one mustache? I mean, this is really hard for me because I don't pay attention really to mustaches. I would have to say, like, our guy Baker Mayfield really brought the mustache to the forefront for me. I, I haven't really been a mustache fan, but Baker is making me into a mustache fan. So I, I guess I'll go with our guy. All right. Our, our QB1. We like that. We like that. So. Now we uh we we've we finished talking about our beloved Cleveland Browns and we're gonna move quickly into our Indians. And quickly through the Indians. We don't yeah. want to keep you all day. Yeah, I don't want to keep you all day. You I got mean, some you got small a family kids, so. just like just like you and I both have. Yeah. So we uh if you've listened to a little bit of our podcast, Katie and I are claiming we are the reason, and it's 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 backed up by validity. There's, I mean, you can check it. It says, check. it says it says like on every podcast, you're welcome. So we've been Cleveland. talking about the Cleveland situation since May, when we we're down like eleven and a half, twelve games, thirteen games at some okay. point. And since we called out the team, and I think as real fans, you can call out your team. It's That's okay. Yeah. It's okay to call out your team because you know they're supposed to be better. So we've we've yeah. taken the claim that we've turned around the Cleveland Indians. So just our our ability to speak things into fruition has allowed our team to come into first and second place for the AL Central. As a Cleveland fan, how would you thank us? So, no, just, <laughs> just giving you a hard time. I would actually have to say, you might have to take something out with Mr. Baker Mayfield because as soon as he shotgunned that gear, we were we were shotgunned the beer. We took it up to another gear. So, I don't, yeah. I don't know. You might, have, you might have to battle with Baker Mayfield for this. Well, I don't think so. Here's, here's the deal. I, I love Baker, <laughs> but we called it. When we were 13 games behind, and everybody was like, "Oh, okay. you know, tr- it was time to fire sell and let's get uh, let's trade all of our players away." And I was I was getting sick of the national media listening to that. I was like, "We all know the Indians start off slow in the first first half, and then we speed up. Simple as that." And we called them out, and now we're a half game back. At one point, we we're tied first. Exactly, we're we're only half game back now. So with the with the comeback. What's been the the biggest surprise for you for the Indians and how they've come back? I think the Trevor Bauer trade was obviously rumored around here for quite some time, talked about for a good month or so, even before it happened. And I was shocked um, that we went out and we got Yasiel Puig and uh, Framiel Reyes. And I think that clearly is paying off from having some bats here. But even the guys that hadn't really been performing with, Jose Ramirez and Jason Kipnis and Frankie Lindor, like getting those guys to kind of perform at the level that they were performing last year. It feels like the new guys though have kind of given us that little spark and that edge and that swagger that we need. And they've really fired the fans up around here. And it feels like we're playing 
October baseball in the middle of August, and I hope they can keep this play up. Um, but it, it's so fun with having the Browns be good and have this hype, and then also on the flip side, having these personalities on the Indian team and watching them night in and night out just be electric and waving at the opposing team and kind of being a little bit cocky about it. Like, give me that all day long. I love it. Yeah, Yasuo Puig, just the return of Puig was a, was a huge benefit to that trade. I thought we were going to trade Bauer in the winter because of just his, like, I only want to play one-year deals. I'm not going to sign for anything less than $15 million, just blah, 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 blah. So the writing was on the wall with him. So I think it would have been easier for us to trade him if Kluber was healthy. I think that's the, uh, the yeah. fear of fans is that, wait a second, like, our, outside of Kluber, we had Bauer. And surprisingly enough, we've had Clevenger step up and Bieber, a.k.a. not Justin, and then you got Plesko. Uh, you got all these young pitchers that have stepped up and taken on yeah. higher roles and played uh, better than what people thought they could to their ability. And I think that made it easier for me to not worry about the Bauer trade and actually be happy that we got some return. I was blown away that it was Yasu Puig. Like, I was like, we actually got Puig on our team. So, And he, you know, him seeing, he's, he's already played, I think, two times better than he played in Cincy. Um, but Fran Reyes, he's been kind of on a, on a drought. He's been on a slump a little bit. Yep. But seeing his first home run a couple of nights ago against Boston, it felt good yep. because then you get to see – because that ball looked like a regular pop-up, and that just carried so hard because of just how big of a hitter he is. Um, he reminds me of Richie Sexton, but with muscles. So the guy, hugely tall. Six, I think he's like 6'5", 280. I mean, the dude's huge. And so – Looking he forward. He play to, tight end for the Browns too. He could. He should be able to play tight for the Browns. <laughs> he, has a, he has a good career there. Um, but do you think? Because you talk the, about the Indians being they have that personality, they have that comeback, and then you talk about the Browns being one of the highlights for Cleveland because the Browns used to be ugh, the 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 bane of our existence sometimes. Yes. Do you feel like the Cavs had to die because of that to get our Browns back? Yeah, it, it's. So funny when you look at the parallel of LeBron leaving us and Baker Mayfield coming into his own. It felt like it all lined up to LeBron breaking our hearts and Baker Mayfield essentially not giving us any time to be heartbroken over it and to come in and just essentially he rode in on a horse. He was our white knight, and that's what we needed. And then you just have the Indians, who've been pretty consistent over the last few years, haven't been able yeah. to pull it off. But you know they've been playing in these in in playoff baseball for the last couple of years, and it's really fun in October to watch them play. And just imagine having the Browns being a good football team in October, and then you have the Cavs kicking off. And I think the Cavs have some exciting things um, with the new coaching staff in place and some younger rookies and Colin Sexton. So I'm hoping that you know we have the ability to have all three professional teams be good and. The Cavs won't be, uh, obviously, where we were a few years ago. We're in rebuild mode. But I think it'll be an exciting year with Bayheim uh, coming in and, and getting that coaching staff uh, footing underneath them. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like Ty Lue. It's, I didn't like him as a coach. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan either. So he, was, he, was, he was kind of the, uh, the, the, the shadow of LeBron because LeBron was actually the coach of the Was GM. there actually a head coach during no, LeBron years? LeBron's I mean, I like, you're going to do this, you're going to do I mean, that. So. I would say when he got drafted, LeBron was obviously. a GM. Yeah, he did everything. I so, mean, he's he was the man. He, he was. did everything. So what 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 I've what I've started to feel now is that you see the reports that Kluber is making these these rehab starts down in AAA. We have mm-hmm. 
Carlos Carrasco, who's about to make his rehab start. So do you feel like getting potentially one of those two pitchers back will help us even pull even further ahead to get ready for the playoff race? Or do you feel like maybe those two pitchers might delay us because of how good our young players have been? Oh, that's interesting. I think, I, I hate to say this, but I almost feel like we just need to kind of keep going with what has been working because, I mean, even Corey Kluber before he got injured this year, he didn't look himself last year. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder if he comes back, like, will he ever really be ready to come back, uh, even with the rehab that he's going through? And I don't know. I kind of want to just go with, with the guys that we have and, and see what happens because we've done this in the past. And uh, I'm rooting for them. I want them to have a healthy return. But I also just feel like, why why are we – if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it, right? Exactly. And just don't play with drones in the playoffs. So. Yeah, no drones yeah. and yeah. trust in, in Tito. Trust in Tito is just the basic. <laughs> no like, when's the last time no that we've had a coach going into it? Like, when's the last time we've had a coach like Tito? I guess it was Mike Hargrove with that seven straight winning seasons for the Indians. So it was, but the '90s were a different time. That's when the uh, the Jacobs on the yeah, team. It was a so. lot of heart. No, I'm still uh, I'm still hurt because of that too. Guy. So and Can we you, still we still call it Jacobs Field. Yeah, it's still the Jake. So I mean, everybody. What is it? The Prague now? Is that what progressive they call it? Field? Yeah, yeah. Pro- the progressive Field. Yeah, I, we have a hard time, you know, moving from the past. I mean, Bernie Kosar, obviously. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't get past him. I can't get past Leroy Kelly. Yeah. Or, KT still or has Metcalf. a statue. He has like this. Mural I mean, I still have an Andre Ryzen jersey. Yeah, yeah he does you know, have a come Ryzen on. Jersey. So and Andre, you know, didn't play that long for the Browns. He played one year. So yeah. So <laughs> and then they left. So, but the other pickup that I found interesting for the Indians uh, before the trade deadline was uh, the guys out of Tampa Bay. So, you've seen Hunter Wood as a, a relief pitcher, and so what are your thoughts on Mr. Wood? Uh, you know, I think Brad Hand has obviously been the guy that everybody's been focused on and, and talking about, but it, it actually feels like Carlos Santana has bailed out a lot of our relief pitchers uh, these days. Yep. So. Um, you know, it, tip of the hat to you because you called it. I did call that. I, I can't even believe that I was laying in bed watching that happen, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I literally just said this is going to happen, and my goodness, it just happened. So, um, Carlos Santana has been lights out, and I feel like our our relief pitchers honestly have kind of been bailed out quite a bit. So that is one place I think uh, the bullpen that that is a little bit worrisome. Um, feels like our starting pitchers have been a bit more consistent, um, even being young, um, and not having the experience that, that we've had before with, with a guy like Kluber or Carrasco. Um, so, you know, I I think that's one place we need to, to have a little bit of work done. So, speaking of Hunter Wood, <laughs> he is – I mean, this is my opinion. So, yeah. just put this I'm out gonna there. I'm going to agree just, with you on this one. Here's my opinion, and you, you, you can take it back and keep it, or you can throw it back and say, no, that's not right. Hunter Wood – is the love child of Danny Salazar and Mike Clevenger. Oh wow. Put the pitchers against put the pitchers next to each other and he is the he's the love child <laughs> between those two guys. He looks just like him. Did you put this on the internet? Do what? Did you put this on the internet? I did not put this on the internet. When the, he got traded to the no. team, I was like, that looks like a long haired da- is Danny this Salazar is... and then I got his like well, pitcher. About that. This is what the orange and the new browns is all about. We, we talked we, about it the other we, day. We literally come up with the most random stuff to talk about, and whether it's 
you know, who the love child of two two Cleveland Indian pitchers are. are. Yeah. One's yeah. really good, one's Danny Salazar, right. unfortunately. So yeah. poor Danny. So yeah. But yeah, if you look at so we we talked about it when he got onto the team. I said, This guy looks just like Danny Salazar and Mike Clevenger. And since then, that's all I see now is the love child between those two guys. So I just think it's the greatest. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look a little bit closer. It's a, it's 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 almost uncanny. It's, it's scary. Yeah. It's it's insane to see how close <laughs> it is. So and then, you know, he looks like a pirate too, so that's see, the uh, we're all about randomness here. So you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to jump on the train and go with us. We like the randomness. I'm not frantically I'm not frantically Googling images. <laughs> you gotta go you put the you put Danny Salazar and Clevenger next to each other and then you're like, yeah. wait a second. Uh, you can get his profile picture I'm on. I'm gonna see the matchup. It's there. It's the hair. If they were if if they were on Maury, they both would be the father. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so weird. I can't. No, I can't stop thinking. No, it's you're gonna be. It's gonna be that type of wrap up. It's gonna be Who wait is a second. Yeah, who's the father? And so he's gonna open up the file, and it's gonna be both of the guys. So it's gonna be confusing to Hunter, but yeah. he's he's gonna oh be okay with those two dads. I think he'll be fine with it if we win a World Series. So the dream. So I want to talk to you. This is just a hypothetical to you for the Indians. This is going to be our last question for you. What would you consider your dream trade for the Cleveland Indians? What player would you like to see be a part of the Indians team of anyone in the major league? Oh. Hmm. I've never thought about that before because I quite like Frank, Mr. Frankie Lindor. So um, he's a guy that I just want to keep on our team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That's a great question. There's no one that really comes top of mind. I I do like um, Christian Yelich. Yelich. Yeah, from the, the Brewers. Yeah, name. yeah. Yelich. Yeah, Christian Yelich. I like him. I feel like he uh, he's just a nice younger personality. He's obviously really good at baseball. Coming off of an MVP win, um, seems to have a strong work ethic. I, I would like to see him, but I like our. I I love Frankie Lindor. I like the guys on our team and. To think there's a possibility we won't have him one day makes me really sad about that. You would hope that like the Dolans would allow the Indians fans to create like a GoFundMe <laughs> to raise like a few hundred <laughs> like, million. We'll you, you know what I mean? Like just allow us to pay the player. So I mean, Art Modell took a loan out to sign Andre Risen back in the '90s, and so maybe we could do that. maybe Paul Dolan would accept a GoFundMe from the Indians. My fear though is he would keep the money and not sign Lindor. Yeah. So. He wouldn't be doling out those what do you, dollars. Who, who would you guys want? You know, honestly, like, is there anyone? Who am I missing? Well, you had, you know, you talk about like just pure baseball talent. You got Mike Trout. Like, I would love to see Mike Trout as an Indian. Yeah, I mean, I like Mike Trout, but like, he's a guy that I'm like, meh. Like, his personality good. Like, I want a guy that's like. He's a robot. He truly is. Yeah, he's a robot. Mike Trout is a robot. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. He's that kind of like, well, you know, it's just you got to play another game, and you know, that's he's the uh, what are the cliches? He's just a, a cliche spitter. But he's 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 pure baseball. So yeah, it would be he looks like an all American person. Like if he just walked by, I don't yeah. think I would recognize him. But you saying Christian Yellick, that just made me realize that he's best friends with Baker Mayfield. So Yes, he is, right? How amazing would that bring be? Bring the we, best friends together. We so we got them together and then you have Odell and Jarvis together and you have Christian and Baker and um I don't know what we have going on in the Cavs from a friend perspective. We can make something happen. It would be awesome if LeBron is just by the team, then everybody would be happy. Yeah. He brings whoever yeah, he wants to bring. Yeah, Yeah, Della Vadova is friends with everyone. Yeah, Delhi's a good player too. We we talked with Brittany Mollis about um, LeBron buying the team, and like yeah. I think we all agree that LeBron should buy the Cavs. 
rather than continue. Absolutely, and draft your son. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you know, get Bronny there. So, I mean, you know, maybe do some insider stuff to get your your son on the team. You know, it wouldn't be bad. Let's start this game back over. But, but that's good. That's all we got for you tonight, Bree. We really appreciate you taking the time out from your family to join us tonight. And uh, anything that you want to uh, shout out or, you know, promote before we uh, end this call? Yeah, you can uh, catch me and the, the boys every Monday night at 9 p.m. at Big Play Reflog Show. Uh, we have a fun time there, um, just like I had tonight with you guys, and uh, getting writing, writing again. Um, so I'll be releasing, releasing, I don't think that's the right word, but publishing a new article coming soon that I'm excited about about Brown. So uh, stay tuned Ooh, for that one. You want to share any details on that one? Yeah, I'm talking a little bit, and I tweeted about this, but I'm, I'm going a little bit deeper in depth just talking about the Browns' common theme on the team really seems to be this chip on the shoulder that nobody is really talking about the impact that that could have, knowing how many players on our team are kind of playing with that chip on their shoulder and, and how that's going to be an underlying motivating factor to kind of come together and Ooh. use that um, as motivation throughout the year. Well, we look forward to reading that, I'll tell you that. So you guys do a lot of good stuff there at Big Play. And we greatly enjoy watching the Reflog show on Mondays. So you guys always have some entertaining discussions there and a lot of in-depth. And then you guys get a lot of good guests on your shows too. So yep. it's it's even better. So. And we just started again with you. So, you know, we had Brittany and oh, now we had you. you. So it's it's awesome to have you all on our show. Yeah, so we had a contributor, Brittany Mollis, and then we actually have a, you know one of the hosts of the shows. And so we'll keep moving up the ladder with you guys. And hopefully we can get you on Great. again. And uh, if you ever want to, you can ask us to go on your show because we're pretty entertaining. So <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, we're kind I'll, of a big I'll deal now. Mention, show, and so. mention it to the guys. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get our intern, Alec, all over it. So, again, we greatly appreciate you coming on, Bree, uh, and taking time out from your family. And especially you have small children, and it's you know hard for bedtime sometimes. So, again, no problem. thank okay. you. It's funny that you have an intern because I have one, too. His name's Brian. Yeah, so. mine's name's KT, so. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys both. It was a blast. All right. All right. Thanks. And always remember if you don't wear brown and orange. Matter. Boom, there we, there go. we go. Right. Thanks, Bree. Thanks, Bree. Bye. And that was our interview with Bree. It was a fun interview, man. I'll tell you that. Very very educational. Yeah, very. Uh she knows her stuff. Yes. She knows that Except for mustaches. For mustaches, yeah. You I no, mean I'm, I gotta give her a you know a thumbs down on that. It happens. She was a great guest. Exactly. It's like she knows how to be interviewed. It's like she, it's like does, she does this for a know. living. Exactly. So, but with more people like Nate Burleson and stuff like that. Yeah. Potentially us. Well, potentially. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm just really surprised that we haven't had people literally try to break down our basement door. It's it's crazy to think about, man. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I would like the kidney stone to break through my urethra. <laughs> <laughs> so I can get over this. So Well, just like it's being over, I think this podcast is over. Sounds good to me, man. All right. And we out. Bye. The Browns game just ended. We won 21-18. But it was as ugly as Brian's face was while he's trying to pass that kidney stone on Wednesday. That's our show. This is the Orange is the New Browns podcast. Go Browns.